Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I'm happy to be joined tonight by my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you this evening? I'm doing well. Hi, everybody. So this is it, Thanksgiving week episode 2020. It's been a difficult year, but we're going to have a good uh, holiday episode here to kick off the 2020 holiday season, even though it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Joe, how you been, man? Not too bad. Um, You know, just living every day, doing my thing. Year's almost over, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And uh, let me ask you this general question, because this episode is being recorded and being released during Thanksgiving week, 2020. And I want to ask you, have you begun listening to Christmas music yet? I have, actually. I, uh, I've, I haven't listened to it as much as I normally do, because it just seems slightly early. But I listen to Holly on Sirius XM a lot, as, mm-hmm. and uh, Holiday Traditions. And the Hallmark Channel on SiriusXM. All those are SiriusXM channels that play constantly. So I flip it on every now and then. I've been listening a lot. And Holly's the one you've been listening to the most? Today, today actually, I listen to Holly all day. Um, mostly, I listen to the Hallmark Channel because it's a mix of old and new. Right. I agree. Yeah, I've been listening. Same as you. SiriusXM has kind of been my go-to for the holiday music. And I've noticed it's interesting that on the streaming services this year, the Beach Boys and Paul McCartney maybe a couple of others have released these holiday themed EPs, which are, you know, about five or six song collections of holiday music. It's interesting. I wasn't really expecting that. And quite frankly, the music is available elsewhere on the streaming services, but they're cool little packages, which is really neat. Yeah. And uh, Joe, on tonight's episode, since it is Thanksgiving week, we wanted to talk about three, I have three, I don't know how many you have, three pop culture things that we are thankful for. Now, Stuff We Love podcast, for our listeners know this, we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about movies and music and sports and Disney World and Universal Studios and all that stuff. And really everything, everything I just mentioned and more represents pop culture. Pop culture is a very broad topic. So on my list tonight, you got a little music, you got a little theme park, a little movie stuff, but really it could be so broad. This is kind of a very open-ended topic. But um um, before we get to the things we're thankful for, I want to ask you this question, Joe. So we are both pop culture connoisseurs, and I would, I, I'm going to ask you, what form of pop culture do you consume more than any other form? Is it TV shows, movies, music, sports? What, what would you say it is? I, that's a tough question. Honestly, the first answer I go to is music, probably. Music. I think because I listen to um, the music, streaming music all day long, basically at work and in the car. And I do, I do a lot of driving for my job. So I'm constantly listening to music all the time. So I'm, I listen to news, new songs, old songs, everything. So I think I would say music right now. <laughs> yeah. Music is great, Joe. You know, I, I like you, I listen to it all the time. And when I'm working, I have it on in the background. I would say that's probably my number one as well. But one of the things I, I kind of resolve to do throughout the rest of the year is try to watch something every single day, whether it's a new TV show, a new movie, or even something I've seen before. I feel like it's taking me longer than I would like to make my way through TV shows, for example, that I'm watching. So I would like to kind of pick up the pace with that, just a general goal for the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I would say I've been watching more TV now than I probably have in a long time, just because we're home a lot more, you know, with everything going on, it's you don't really go out as much. Um, one of the things I actually said to myself in the beginning of the year, which I guess if you want to call it this, this year was fortunate for this, um, was to read more books. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I actually, you know, I was pretty good in that goal. I, I mean, I have, um, I, I made a list of every book that I read this year so far. I've read 35 books, 35 books. That's a lot. Yeah. So I, that's, that was good. I mean, I, I'm still in there. Obviously we still have a month and a half for the year to go from when we're recording this. Um, and I'm hoping to get a few more books in as well. So I did make that goal and I, I could say both with streaming, you know, TV and everything and reading the books. I, I've been doing so much more of that than I have ever done in the last couple of years. And uh, it, it's been good. So it's interesting because you and I have talked about this. It seems like reading and TV for us has increased, but sports watching has overall decreased. By far, in my opinion, sports has really decreased for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, for some reason, it just doesn't feel the same when you watch it on TV or anything. You know, it's like, you're, you know, it has the fake crowd noise. Every sport so far has, you know, they've piped in fake crowd noise. Um, it, it's just, it, it just doesn't feel the same when you're watching it to me. I watch it. I follow right. it. I read about it actually a lot more than I watch it, you know, and the sports pages and things like that. But to me, it's just not the same. And I don't know. I've just been watching less. It's, it's fallen on the back burner a little bit. I'm with you 100%. And I do think a, a large reason for that for us is our local teams, for the most part, have not done that well. So there's been no, you know, the thought of watching another out-of-town game and another out-of-town game, it's, it, I enjoy it, but it loses its appeal a little bit. Right. That's the kind of thing I would watch the Super Bowl, the World Series, you know, that kind of stuff where you have out-of-town teams. But it, it does take a little enjoyment away when every one of your teams in all the sports are terrible. <laughs> That's true. Like there, there is not one successful team in our area right now that I could think of for this year. And yet and the Giants can still win the Super Bowl because their division is, is so terrible. <laughs> I, I actually heard that the Browns are seven and three, and they have a very slim chance to make the playoffs. But the Eagles can host a playoff game, and they're three and seven. Amazing you know, kind of world that we're in right now. That's and, true. You know, I'm not an Eagles fan. I just thought that was interesting. But the, you're right. The Giants could make the, the Giants are probably win the Super Bowl knowing them or this year. That is true. So. And I'll regret not watching all those games during the season. I know. Before the end of the year, I want to have a sort of general best of where we could talk about our favorite TV show from the year, favorite book, and so forth. Oh, yeah. So, uh, But let's get to tonight's topic, pop culture, things we are thankful for. And Joe, I'm going to ask you to go first. All right. So I will go with my first thing that I'm thankful for. And I'm going to preface this by saying I told somebody else I was going to say this tonight, and they laughed at me and said I shouldn't do it. But you know what? I really feel this way. One of the things I'm thankful for, especially right now, is... I'll say they're the Hallmark Christmas movies. Yes. I, I'll call them Hallmark, but Netflix and Amazon even, I think, are getting into making their own as well. So it's, And Lifetime actually has their own. I love these kinds of movies. I watch them as much as I can. Yes. They really feel good. They're fun movies. They follow the same formula. Right. You know, it, it, if you've seen one, you've basically seen them all. But if you like this kind of thing, they're really – they're fun. And it really brings in the season. And this year especially, they made a bigger push to – have more in- inclusivity. They've have they actually have a Hanukkah movie as well. So yes. I'll say Hallmark Christmas movies, but it's not just that anymore. Um, and I watch them all. I don't even I don't feel embarrassed about it. I love them. Joe, I completely agree with you, and I also agree with what you've said about other streaming services getting in the game. Netflix has had a already not even to December yet, and they have so many holiday movies, including a new Vanessa, it's Vanessa Hutchins movie. It seems like there's always a Vanessa Hutchins movie. This is the oh, sequel yeah. to the princess switch from two years ago, which is a movie I really liked. And this is the sequel princess switch Two, I think it's called. Yes. And, um, the other night I was kind of just like l- relaxing and flipping through 
TV channels and all that stuff. And I just put on the Hallmark channel and I don't even know what movie it was. It was one of their Holly movies. And I just felt so happy having it on in the background. Yeah, it really, it makes you feel good. Even you're right, even in the background. And the funny thing is if, if I put it on, you don't even pay attention, but you can't stop watching. If you look at it, like right. they're really, they're, they're terribly acted. The, the, they don't even look that good the way the film is. It's just, <laughs> right. They're fun. Um, and there's just so many of them coming out. And like I said, Lifetime has their own Hallmark actually has three channels of Christmas movies or, or holiday movies uh, right. that they have. And if, if you don't have even, it, you can even get them online through their app. You don't even have to have the, the cable package, but um, Netflix has a ton. Netflix has been having a few in the last couple of years, but this year they've really put out a lot more, um, you know, just, and some of them are so bad. I don't even want to watch them and I do anyway, but you're addicted to them. I am. I'm addicted. And unfortunately this year it was canceled, but next year there, when they have the Hallmark Christmas movie convention, I'm totally going to go. That's actually something to look forward to. We should, we should maybe broadcast from that event. Um, yep. Good idea. But yeah, I'm definitely going to that. Mentioned two other things about the Hallmark movies. And also, like you've said, it's more than just Hallmark at this point. They always seem to have the most perfect downtown Christmas <laughs> decorations in history. <laughs> every movie depicts this like perfect town where it's like every town has got a Rockefeller Center <laughs> right there. Well, it's like a perfect Vermont Christmas village, you right. know, downtown where, where everybody knows everybody else. It, it doesn't have to be in Vermont. It could be in Alaska, which of course they have those movies, but it's always a doctor coming back to her hometown <laughs> or a writer who's coming back to their hometown and they meet their old boyfriends or, or whatever. And they're fun. That's they're all there fun. is. And yeah. another thing I really like, particularly about the Hallmark Christmas movies is that many of them focus on country music. And there's been several that have focused on Elvis, including Christmas at Graceland, which was, I think, now two years ago, starring Kelly Pickler. I really, really liked that movie. It was filmed on location at Graceland, which I thought was just fabulous. That was a good one, honestly. I mean, they're, they're giving them a lot bigger budgets. I, I just read an article. I, I, it, the name of the movie is escaping me, but I think it's actually called Christmas in Vienna. And they filmed it in Vienna on location. Mm -hmm. So right. they're, really, they're really pushing these. And I think for Hallmark especially, but even Netflix and and the other ones that these are really big people watch these like the you know the countdown the christmas where they yes. tell you how you know these movies are all going to go on and if you turn the channel on right now there's a countdown that says an hour and a half until the next movie's on like right people like this kind of thing it's so. like the perfect thing to just have on nonstop, day and yeah, night i agree I, I i think they're fun i that is something i'm thankful for especially as we go into the end of the year and the holiday season and it's good great great way to start off the show tonight joe that was phenomenal Thank you. What about you? So I'm going to, uh, since you mentioned movies, I'll mention my movie one, which is that a pop culture thing I am thankful for is the movie Singing in the Rain. Now, we've talked about this movie a couple of times on the podcast, and I'm just double checking as we are recording. I believe this movie, yes, it came out in 1952. And Many people consider it to be the greatest musical ever made. I think there's probably this and The Sound of Music and maybe a couple of others, West Side Story perhaps, that get mentioned in that conversation. But to me, it's the greatest musical ever made. Uh, what's One of the things that's fantastic about it is the cast. I mean, you have Gene Kelly and maybe his most famous role, Debbie Reynolds doing great, and then uh, Donald O'Connor was uh, rounding out the big three in the cast. And the music is beautiful it never gets old there's of course the very famous sequence of gene kelly singing singing in the rain 
uh, a, a scene that has been replicated and tried to be matched, but never equaled. A fact is, I think I may have mentioned this on an episode a couple of weeks ago. He had a fever when he recorded that scene, which is kind of remarkable to think about. The dancing, the choreography is phenomenal. It's a feel-good movie. We talked about the Hallmark Christmas movies being feel-good. I kind of get that same reaction when I put on Singing in the Rain, no matter what the scene is. I just feel happy watching it, which is kind of what pop culture is supposed to do. And if you kind of just focus on the movie itself and the plot, this transition from silent film to talking film, that's interesting. And to me, that's an interesting period in cinematic history. So I would say a pop culture thing I'm thankful for is the movie Singing in the Rain. Joe, we've talked about this before, but tell the audience your reaction to this film. I was going to say, that's a great choice. Uh, th- now that you're saying it, like I'm thankful for it as well. It's, it's, an, it's, it's an amazing movie. Um, you know, it, it is a feel-good movie. What you just said, I completely agree with. I, I think it's probably my number two musical. It, I think Sound of Music for me is number one, but I yeah. think Singing in the Rain is right up there as well. And uh, it, it, you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, it was made in 1952, we're coming up on the 70th anniversary and it still holds up. If you right. watch the movie now, it still holds up. It's something to, to, that you still enjoy and, and can put on right now. Just, you know, like, like if, it, if it was on TV right now, I'd be watching it. I wouldn't right. be able to turn it off. I'd be up right. all night, you know, all night watching it. So, One of those films. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't, it's not really like, I know this isn't a holiday episode, so it's not like a holiday feel, but it does have that to me in, in a way. Yes. You know, so it, it really, it's a feel-good movie. I like that. That's a great choice. Thank you. Uh, and before recording tonight, I did some research about the cultural impact of the movie. And this article I read said that it was referenced in the BTS Halsey video, Boy With Love, the movie Singing in the Rain. So before recording tonight, I put on that music video. And sure enough, that it was referenced in the movie. They replicate the scene from the Broadway melody where Gene Kelly's wearing the fedora and he's kind of, the audience is dancing in front of him. And the same thing is done in the BTS video with Halsey. So that's pretty cool. That now is I guess, cool. Now I guess I'm a BTS fan. <laughs> um, Joe, that is go very- ahead. I was going to say that's a, first of all, that's a very cool uh, fact that I, now that I know that, you know, I'm sure it'll come up at some point where I can wow somebody with that trivia. Yes. Um, if somebody says to you, have you seen singing in the rain? You could say, no, but I saw the BTS video. So it's, you know, I have to say now that, now that I said that it doesn't have a, it has a holiday feel. It really does. Like the other yes. day I actually was watching on PBS holiday in the musical. Oh yeah. Great film. Um, great film, but it was actually the musical version of the, of the film. So they recorded the Broadway Mm-hmm. Uh, and they played it to me actually singing in the rain is more in my opinion more of like a feel-good holiday movie than that or a mm-hmm. holiday film than that so uh, sing musical than that so again so, great choice so you're defining kind of like a holiday movie as not just being about the holidays but just being a certain mood a certain feel. in my opinion something that i like to watch around the holidays or that it puts me in that kind of mood yeah right i remember when i was a kid my mom said to me the two best movies to watch around this time of year are holiday inn and white christmas and they are great films i mean they're just perfect for this this time of year oh they really are i mean they're again those are also feel-good movies right around that right so exactly there really so, should be a thanksgiving musical thanksgiving musical i should write that that's it that's your calling <laughs> Joe, all right what's your number two tonight number two i'm gonna say especially uh, i'm what i'm thankful for and we talked about this earlier is the uh, the amount of quality music coming out right now mm. that some people might not be even aware of but you know for example if you just listen to what's on Z100 or Hits 1 you might say those aren't the greatest 
songs or I don't think this is the great new things, but there are, there's a ton of music coming out. Maybe it's just because of quarantine or not, but I'm really thankful for the amount of quality music. Taylor Swift's album came out this year. Mm-hmm. That was a quarantine album. Ariana Grande, Chris Stapleton just released a brand new album, which if you like Chris Stapleton, it, it's fantastic. Every single song is good. Mm-hmm. Um, ACDC just put a new album out that is really good. So, I mean, for all different genres, the amount of music that, that established bands are doing, Paul McCartney has a, has a quarantine album coming out. Right. Like, right. it's just something, these are things to look forward to and things you might not have expected were it not for this things that were going on in the time that we're in right now. And I'm just, I was looking through my Amazon music list earlier. I keep this playlist that's called Just Good Music. And there's so many things that I just keep popping into this playlist from even just this year. Mm-hmm. But even that, just going back to saying, you know, these songs are just amazing. And you're really just thankful for this music that you have that you can just listen to, whether it's, you know, going back from 70s soul, Motown, to, uh, like I said, to brand new music from Taylor Swift, Chris Stapleton, that kind of thing. So I, I'm really thankful for the the quality and amount of music that we have out there this year and everything, and also how easy it is to listen to it. A few things come to mind about that. First of all, that's great. Great choice. Um, I want to talk to you now about folklore because we we did a whole show reviewing it. So that was actually a pretty popular episode. A lot of people listened to that. Uh, but now that we're a couple months away from the release of folklore, have your thoughts on it changed? Are you, has, it, have you, has your appreciation for it grown or decreased over time? Sounds like it's grown. It, it has grown. I already thought it was a great album when, I, when we listened to it. Let's, it came out in August. I, I probably didn't listen to it as much in the end of September, October. I put it on again recently. Every single song is good. I, mm-hmm. I really like it. I mean, there are songs I like more than others, but it's an excellent album. I, if, if you had to ask me right now, and we'll talk about this next month, just who knows what will happen. It's so far my favorite album of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's a great album. And, um, in terms of new music discovery, I, I know you have Amazon Music. Do you, each week on Friday, for example, when the new music is released, do they offer a playlist that's generated for each listener, new releases that they think you would like? Is that where you discover a lot of the new music? So Amazon has a lot of um, playlists that they they constantly update them. One of the playlists, for example, that Amazon has is called Control All Repeat. It's a new playlist of... Um, upcoming and brand new alternative rock music, if you, you know, from all kinds of different bands. It just depends on what came out that week, what's new, what's trending. They update that list constantly. It could be even more than once a week. And I, I go to that. I play that playlist literally every single day, mm-hmm. just to see what's on it, what's new, and and songs that I would like. And they do this for a lot of different playlists. And some artists I never would have discovered if it weren't for things like that like the fresh alternative playlist, the indie playlist. I'm, look, I'm looking right now through all the playlists that I, that I listen to and what they recommend to me. This is how I get all of my like new music, things I never would have thought about or maybe that other people might think I'm too old for. But it really is. These, it, to me, it's the best way to listen to music. And I have to say the Amazon, whatever algorithm they use, really does push out songs that I, I like. Well, Joe, you're very good at identifying new, ver- new quality music. The other day, you gave me some recommendations, and every single one of them was good. Out of those songs you told me about the other day, California Girls by Cay- Cayugas. Am I saying that right? How do you pronounce the name of the band? Cayugas. Cayugas. Yeah. Great song. Just a great Cayugas. track. Yeah, that's a really good song. Um, great track. 
one, one thing I've been listening to a lot lately, Holly Humberstone. Right. She is, she has like a, uh, an EP out of about eight songs. She's in my opinion, I think she's great. You know, that that's good. It's good stuff. And I never would have found that if it wasn't for these playlists on Amazon, which I really love. Props to Amazon and props to Sirius XM through a station like Old Nation, where, which plays the tracks that you're not going to hear on Hits 1, for example. Right. I still love listening to Hits 1, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I listen, no offense to Hits 1. Listen to all of them. Uh, but Joe, that's a phenomenal uh, pop culture thing to be thankful for, new music. And so many people, they're dismissive of this. They say, oh, because I listen to classic rock, I can't listen to new stuff. They're missing out. There's so much good stuff out there. You're you're absolutely right. And it's not just new stuff from new artists. It's new stuff from older artists. Like even right. Neil Diamond put out the classic Diamonds with the Philharmonic or the London Symphony Orchestra. It wasn't even the Philharmonic. Right. That's a great album. I listen to it all day on Friday. Right. There's stuff out there. There's just waiting to be listened to. The problem is that there's so much to listen to in terms of new music and podcasts and TV shows to watch, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much. Right. So... That I, I really am thankful for that, uh, you know, the, the amount and, and quality of music right now. That's true. That's true. Great choice, Joe. Thank you for that. So here is my selection. It also kind of ties to music. I'll mention this now. And it's actually a particular date in history. The date is July 6, 1957. And the reason I chose that date is because that is the day that John Lennon was introduced to Paul McCartney. And, uh, they were introduced by, and I'm thankful for that introduction. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. They were introduced by a mutual friend named Ivan Vaughn in Liverpool. John Lennon was performing with his band, The Quarrymen, at a church fete, it was called, a party. And uh, Ivan thought that Paul would like John and John would like Paul and took Paul to see him. And the way the story goes is that after the performance, which took place in this sort of, um, not backyard, because that, that's not the, a lawn area, and uh, at the church, they went inside the church where Ivan brought Paul over to meet John. Uh, Paul played him a couple of songs, played 20 Flight Rock by Eddie Cochran, maybe one other track. And John was amazed. And um, they became friends and eventually ultimately formed what became known as the Beatles. And the reason I chose that date, first of all, before I say why, I often think to myself, had they not been introduced that day, would they ever have met? And it's very possible they would have because Liverpool had a very vibrant music scene. They both were immensely talented. The music scene in Liverpool actually had a name. It was known as the Mercy Beat based on the Mercy River located there. And it's definitely conceivable that their paths may have crossed. It just may not have been as direct an introduction of this is my friend, this is my friend, here guys, you hit it off, you should be friends, that type of thing. Um, but the reason I put it here is because that's kind of like, I've heard it be referred to as the big bang in music. I've also heard Elvis's premiere being referred to as the big bang when everything changed but from a music perspective if john and paul had never met and the beatles had never been formed who knows what bands would have followed and how music would have been different you could even make an argument it's just too much to get into here on this episode that taylor swift's career wouldn't exist without the beatles i mean like you could you could play it down the line if you really 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 got into it um and it's really a tremendous date in history because of that and also for me personally, because I'm a Beatles fan, that is what brought in my musical horizons and made me a fan of all of these other artists we talk about here on the podcast, whether it be the Beach Boys or Frank Sinatra or Taylor or Ariana. The experience of discovering an artist and listening to their music and, and becoming a fan of it 
started with the Beatles for me and has expanded since. So had John never met Paul and the Beatles never existed, who knows what my musical tastes would be. So that's kind of why I mentioned that date. It's a pretty, pretty significant date. That's a great date to be, that, that's a great thing to be thankful for. I mean, you're right. Who knows what would have happened? Other, other bands and things would have happened and things would have come along, in my opinion, to, to change music or whatever it is, but it wouldn't be the same as it is now, obviously. So right. everything would be completely different. Taylor Swift could be a techno artist for all I know. <laughs> you know, it's like, you just, you just don't know what the peb, the, the ripple effect would be if that date, if they didn't meet that date or if they didn't like each other. Right. Um, or anything. I thought you were going to say that the, the date Elvis, you know, first was premiered or met the captain or something like that. That's right. where I thought you were going with that. But um, it's same idea. So that, that's that's a great that's a great thing to be thankful for. That's a great date. If you, you know? and I had never met, like there that. may be no stuff we love podcast. <laughs> or Jack, <laughs> had we not met Jack, who's not with us tonight, but uh, there would be no stuff we love podcast. It would be completely different. See. Uh, yeah, thank you, Joe. So that was my uh, second pop culture thing I'm thankful for um, because it affected so much more than just the Beatles itself, but music in general. So that, that's why I mentioned that. Um, Joe, and, and by the way, before we conclude about this segment, we could go on for like 10 hours talking about this stuff. There's a million things we're thankful for. We'll probably do more episodes like this because it's, it's a good idea. But uh, for now, what is your third thing that you are thankful for in the world of pop culture? Okay. My third thing that I'm thankful for in the world of pop culture is uh, the, the PlayStation 4. And there's uh-huh. a reason why I'm thankful for the PlayStation 4. Because the amount and quality of games that they have on the PlayStation 4 makes me really look forward to the PlayStation 5 that's just been released. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do in the Xbox Series X. And those, the Xbox and PlayStation and played off of each other. I'm a console gamer. I'm not a a PC gamer. So I love, I love video games. I love playing on my PlayStation, my Xbox, whatever the game is there for, but I'm just thinking of the quality amount of games that have come out for the PlayStation four and even PlayStation three, which I I still have my PlayStation three. I'm looking at it right now. It's next Mm -hmm. to my Xbox, which I've put in a different room because my Xbox series X is here. Like all of these things. And, and, it's almost, I'm not going to say it's on the same level. It's not, but similar to what you were just talking about, like what would have happened if the Beatles didn't meet that day? If in back in 2000, the PlayStation two didn't come out, what would have happened with Xbox? Would that even have happened? Right. You know, those kinds of things, or would it have just been Nintendo and all we would know is Mario, you know, I'm thankful. I mean, I can go all the way back to Nintendo and Atari and ColecoVision. And those are the things I'm thankful for because everything came after that. It's almost the same idea that you were just talking about, which is, so, you know, these games on PlayStation 4, I was just playing this game called Ghost of Tsushima. I've mentioned it on the right. podcast before and how good it is. I'm playing that game. It's, it, it's like mind-blowing about what you're seeing on the screen and everything. And you wonder how these, these designers and these programmers made this game and what are they going to do for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X when those mm-hmm. games come out. So it really makes me happy and, and gives me a sense of anticipation thinking about what's going to come in the world of console gaming and where we're going to go from here. I have... You know, I'm just thinking about the games even that I have on order, like Cyberpunk 2077 and a few other ones that are just, I'm just waiting for them to get here so I could start right. playing, you know? So I'm thankful for the Xbox, the PlayStation, but really the PlayStation 4. And if, like I said, if you want to go back, I can, but I'm not going to, I don't right. have 10 hours. Um, 
so right, but right now that's like what I'm thankful for in pop culture, you know, uh, video game wise. So a few questions come to mind. First of all, I, I definitely approve of that selection because PlayStation four is an amazing product. Now that we are entering the next generation of video game consoles with the PS five and the uh, Xbox series X, would you say in retrospect, you prefer the PS four to the Xbox one? Yes. And the main reason I, I would, I would, I prefer the PS four. I think for two reasons, I think it runs a little bit smoother. True. Agree. Um, and I think the exclusive games that Sony has on the PlayStation are better than the games that they have on the Xbox. Good. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. But so if you like exclusive games, they had Spider-Man, they had the last of us, they had, um, they have ghost of Tsushima that it, you know, all of these games are only available on the PlayStation. Why? Whereas Xbox has exclusive games, they have Halo and a uh, uh, Grant. Um, I'm trying to think of the racing game right now. It's slipping in my mind. But uh, Forza Motorsports, right? Those, you know, they're exclusive to Xbox. The games are good. They're to me, they're just not as good. I usually use my Xbox for games that are available between consoles. So if the game is available on either one, it usually runs a little bit better on the Xbox. But the the PS PlayStation exclusives are so good that I would I just prefer the PlayStation. I think right, I could see that. Uh, Joe, just one quick question: what, what was the first video game system you ever got? The first video game system we had we had an Atari. I don't remember which which exact one it was, but I remember my dad bringing it home and setting it up for our old TV, which was literally a piece of furniture on the floor of the TV at the time. <laughs> and uh, it, I, so I and I remember playing those games, Missile Command. Mm. Um, uh, Galaga, you know, th those kinds of games on the Atari. And then we got the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, right. with Mario and Duck Hunt on the same cartridge. Sure. And it had the light gun and everything. So those two, it went right from Atari to that. And uh, it was that, that, that it, I'm certain that Atari was my first one and then Nintendo right after. Did you have Sega Genesis? Uh, I, I, I did, but it wasn't for a while after mm -hmm. that, you know, so it wasn't that. That's soon. I had the Genesis though. Um, that was a good one. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog again was exclusive to that. And you know, it, it was, it was good, but I didn't like it as much as I like had my Nintendo. I love my Nintendo. So well, Joe, I really think that's a great selection though. I mean, the PS4 was a game changing system. Uh, people tend to go to the PS3 as being this landmark machine, which it was, but it was to me ps4 stepped up the game even more and i think well as as the ps5 gets released more and more more people get their hands on it the ps4 is going to seem like the perfect transition into the ps5 where the graphics are going to be at another level the speed will be at another level and now people ha more and more are having tvs to match what these consoles are capable of i'm really looking forward to the psvr2 when yes. that comes out just to see how that plays into the power power of the new system and I love, don't get me wrong, I also have an Xbox Series X. I'm, that's great too. Uh, you know, that's more of a media hub, in my opinion. They have all kinds of things going on there. Right. But the games are going to be great. Just thinking of the jump from the PS2 to the PS3 and the PS3 to the PS4. Right. I, I'm really, you know, excited for like two years from now. What are the games going to look like on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X? It's going to be unbelievable. unbelievable. It's going to be a different level. So, and the great. PS3 did was a huge change, Scott. I have to say, it, from the PS2 even. I remember I had a PS2 in college. I had uh, a Nintendo 64 in college. Right. The golden eye on it, you know, split screen. 
Yes. Those games are great. They're great memories. But if you go back and play GoldenEye now, I still have my N64. It, you look at this and you're like, I can't believe this is what I thought was great. And right. How amazing it was because of the jumps that they've made. It's, it, it's like an exponential thing. And I'm sure I'm really looking forward to the future. Last question for you about this. Is there any doubt you're going to be getting the new 007 game when it comes out? No doubt. I, I, <laughs> as soon as it's available for pre-order, I'd probably just put my name on the list and get sure, it. Sure, sure. Great choice, Joe. We love video games here on the podcast, and they hadn't been mentioned too much recently, so I'm very happy you mentioned that. And now with the release of Xbox Series S and Series X and the PS5, there's a lot to talk about there in that category. So I'm looking forward to getting into that here on the show. Yep, absolutely. So for my final pop culture thing we're thankful for, I wanted to mention something related to the theme parks. And in this answer, I'm, I'm really only commenting on the Orlando side of things. I know they have something similar in California, at least at Disneyland. I'm not sure at Universal. And I wanted to say that I am thankful for the fact that Walt Disney World and Universal Studios Orlando have incorporated into their theme parks a downtown district with shopping and eating. And uh, at Disney World, that's Disney Springs, what was previously known as Downtown Disney. And at Universal, it's Universal City Walk. And the reason I'm thankful for these things, it's a few reasons. One, to me, it's an essential part of the vacation. I know people will go to Disney World, for example, or Universal and not spend any time at Disney Springs or City Walk. And that's fine. That, that is their call. But for me, I love going to the restaurants at both of those locations. I love browsing the stores at those locations. I could go into the stores multiple times every trip. On the food front, I find the food quality to be a little bit higher than you might get inside the theme parks. Uh, and they're fun. They're not normal destinations. I know some people say, well, Disney Springs, it's just a shopping mall. And yeah, there are parts of it that are featuring stores that you will find at your local malls. But to me, it's much more than that. It's the layout of the place, the theming, the integration between the traditional stores and the theme park stores. Um, I, I just have a great time when I'm there. And to me, it's an extra component of the trip. It's not just, okay, we spent time at the theme park and now we're back at the hotel and going to a local place for dinner. And that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I, I love, and Joe, we've, we've had this experience every time yeah. we've been there. If you're at the parks and you're having a great time riding the attractions and all that stuff, and you know that in a little, little bit at Universal, you're going to be at Hard Rock and then having deserted Voodoo Donuts or Toothsome, it's a great feeling. And it's always something to look forward to that is different from what you normally find at home. And that's why I'm thankful for those. That's a great choice. I mean, anyone who's listened to this show before knows that we love, you know, Universal City Walk and, and Disney Springs and that kind of thing. And it really does, in my opinion, you know, add something to the parks themselves. Whereas if you're just walking around the park and there's nowhere else to go after that except back to the hotel, which is, of course, how Disney used to be years ago before this opened, you know, what it was great don't get me wrong but it, it adds something to it it adds a place to go at night it, right. you know there's restaurants there's nightlife i mean i love the universal city walk i love the people watching i like the fountain i like watching you know the entrances to both parks are right there so there's a hundred you know million people walking around and and just seeing everything happen right there the restaurants are great there's a big movie theater it's like you could do anything you want right there it's great and disney springs the same way you have the boathouse and, and homecoming and all these amazing restaurants and shops and whatever you want to do and it's it's like an attraction in itself i think that's awesome yes. that's great it is an attraction in of itself that you don't need a ticket for so anybody could go there and you know obviously we love theming on the show we love themed lands and themed attractions and when you go to city walk for example 
You have the Jimmy Buffett restaurant, the Bob Marley restaurant. You have the Universal stores. I mean, right now it looks like they're building the mega store there, but yep. you get a little bit of Harry Potter, a little bit of whatever, you know, ET. It's all there, Back to the Future, Jaws, Universal Monsters. It's just nonstop everything that we're into, boom, 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 one after the other at all of these places, combined with some amazing donuts and ice cream. So it's like the perfect <laughs> night out. Yep, that's a great choice. That's uh, definitely something to be thankful for this year. Absolutely. And Joe, before we go to the Stuff We Love segment, I just wanted to mention late this afternoon, I posted on Twitter that we were going to be recording this episode to see if anybody had things they wanted to mention. And I actually got a few responses and I just wanted to go through them. First off, Tina said that she is thankful for Turner Classic Movies. And I love that answer. Great answer. Uh, This is a direct quote. I've discovered such great films of the 30s and 40s this year, close quote. So that's exactly like we were talking about, the idea that this year we're able to watch a lot more than we normally do and discover things. And I have to say, Joe, we've talked about this. Turner Classic Movies is phenomenal. We talk about putting on Hallmark Channel and just enjoying what is on there. Same with Turner Classic Movies. It's so much fun. I love Turner Classic Movies. They play, you can put it on any time and see a movie that is just really, it's great. You, it makes you think of old Hollywood. Yes. Uh, you know, which, which is just something I'm really fascinated with and, and read a lot of books about. And it's just, that's a great answer. I love that answer. And one more thing I'll say about Turner Classic Movies when we talk about the holidays, if you go online to their website, they have an awesome store which features DVDs and Blu-rays of classic movies, but they also have a great library collection on there. Their own books that have been published of film lists, for example, and other things. Uh, so yeah, I love that answer. So that's Tina. Then Mike, who uh, was a guest on the show a couple of episodes ago, he gave another great answer. He said, Spielberg and Lucas movies from the mid-70s to mid-80s, plus amazing stories and Ewoks TV specials. Growing up, they (laughs) added quite a bit of magic. And I love that answer, too. These are great. Joe, these are way better than anything we've said tonight. Of course they are. But uh, what is your take on what our friend Mike said? I mean, how could you not be thankful for something like a Spielberg early 80s movie? where it really brings you back to, you know, when you saw the movie itself and you were a kid and sure. it, it's just that sense of nostalgia. That's, a, that's, that's great. I mean, that's kind of what you want when you think of pop culture and how it brings you back and gives you that nostalgia and what you're thinking of is, you know, the golden age of your own life even. So I think that's great. Um, one of the movies that I guess George Lucas directed. Yeah, I believe he directed. Yes. Uh, Mike mentioned from the mid seventies to mid eighties, I think American graffiti was mid seventies. Yeah. So that's often forgotten about. I'm embarrassed to say this. I I haven't seen the Ewoks TV specials, but I feel like I should. (laughs) Well, you definitely should. Um, But yeah, those are great. And uh, Joe rapid fire. What is your favorite Steven Spielberg film? That's I I, I can't even rapid fire that Uh, Jaws. Jaws. Jaws is a great answer. Um, I like E.T., but I love them all. They're such great movies. Um, And then our friend Julie wrote in. Julie was a guest uh, on a pop culture questionnaire episode. She's a big Star Trek fan and a big Beatles fan. Uh, Her answer was, she's thankful for all the new Star Trek this year. Three different Star Trek series had new episodes this year. Um, And I think that's a great answer because one of the things that's very important in 2020, uh, I'm just going to take a moment to tell you real quick. I had a conversation with a friend of mine we always exchange gifts this holiday and at the holiday season. And the question came up, should we do it this year? And I said, yes, we absolutely should, because it's important in what is a difficult year to keep the traditions alive, to, you know, it, to bring a sense of continuity. And when Julie mentions new Star Trek this year, 
Star Trek is one of those pop culture constants that's been around now for decades that brings such comfort for its fans. And I think um, when Julie mentions three different Star Trek series had new episodes this year, that's a really powerful thing because at a time when people are struggling to be able to have their favorite pop culture things, whether it's Paul McCartney coming out with a new album or Star Trek for Julie, something that she's a fan of to be providing new content, that's really exciting. That's also a great answer. It is exciting. One thing I'll add to that, which you know, people who listen to the show might not know, I actually like Star Trek better than Star Wars, in my opinion. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've watched Star Trek a lot. I would actually add to to her answer that about the three things. The Orville is an amazing show. It's a Seth MacFarlane show, which some people are put off by, but it is more of a Star Trek series than I think some of the other series that have been out recently. And it's, in my opinion, it's a great show. It just moved over to Hulu for season three, which they're filming again now because, of course, it was put off for a while due to COVID. Right. Um, but if you have Hulu, you can get the other episodes as well. It is a really fun show, and it it's it's not like a, a Seth MacFarlane, if you're not a fan of his humor, which I am, right. uh, you would still enjoy the show if you like science fiction or uh, Star Trek. So I would even add to that, I would call that even number four you know, of the series. That's great. That's really great. And thank you to all of the, to, to everybody for writing in. I regret not posting that earlier and getting even more responses because I really enjoyed what, seeing what the people were, were saying, what the fans were saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Joe, I really enjoy this thing. I definitely want to revisit it, even during non-Thanksgiving times. Sure. This is great. So well, we're going to turn now to the Stuff We Love segment, which kind of is a continuation of what we were just talking about. But this is the part of the show where tonight Joe and I are going to give you a recommendation of something we are enjoying right now. Movie, music, song, whatever video game, whatever it is. Joe, what is your stuff we love tonight? Uh, the, the, uh, easily, the thing I love tonight, which of course is related a little bit to Star Trek, is the series on Amazon called The Expanse. The Expanse, yes. It started off on the Sci-Fi Network. It's based on a series of books. Uh, it, I've read the first book. I actually wasn't impressed with the book. I did not like it. And I didn't want to start the, the series because I didn't care for the book. I'm so glad I did because it is an unbelievable show. And um, I really, I hope they continue this for as long as possible, but it is the, the, the quality of the show, the way it looks on TV, just playing it on a high quality TV set, you're blown away. It's like you're in space. It's set in space. It's like a space exploration and, uh, you know, spy type show. And, and they're saving the world, of course. And this is, you know, it's this, it's this, it's the standard thing that you think of when you think of you know, sci-fi saving the world kind of show, but it is done so well. The acting is great. Everybody on that show is somebody you're like, Oh, that's that guy. I've right. seen him in a million other things, or that's that girl. This same idea. It, it's just, it's it, the casting is great. The acting is great. The effects are amazing. And I'm into it. Like I, I watched it with my wife and it's just, even she loves it. And which is a huge thing for me. Right. So, so absolutely. You know, it's, it's so good. So that right now, that's the stuff I love. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love. And this is, uh, how many seasons is it so far? Just one? Well, no, they have four seasons right now. Season five comes out next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know what they're going to do about season six or anything after that, but I will say Jeff Bezos is a huge fan. So I'm really hoping right. like he's a personal fan. When he debuted the Kindle, uh, fire, this, that was the episode they were, they had this book on the screen. Um, you know, that it was, he's a huge fan. So I'm hoping that he just decides to keep it going because it is that good. 
I love that answer, Joe. I know you've been recommending this show and I plan on watching it very soon. When you mentioned the Kindle Fire, quick, totally random, out of the blue question. How many people do you think own both an iPad and a Kindle Fire? I would honestly say the majority of people wow. own both. Yeah. Do, do, do you? Uh, yeah, I do. Interesting. I use the iPad more for... Uh, you know, watching uh, shows and, and browsing the internet. And the Kindle Fire for me is almost more of a book mm-hmm. reading device plus maybe watching Amazon content. And right. that's it. Whereas with the iPad, you could watch all kinds. Of, you could watch everything on the Kindle Fire also. But right. for some reason, I just find that it's more natural to do Amazon content and uh, and book reading on the Kindle. Got it. Well, uh, that's good to know. And, and Joe, that's a great choice for the Stuff We Love segments. So that's the, the Expanse, right? Is what it's called on Amazon Prime? It's called The Expanse. It's on Amazon. They have soon to be five seasons of it, and it's it. fantastic. I, I love it. Awesome. So for my Stuff We Love, I wanted to mention someone uh, who, Joe, I know you and I are both a fan of, and that is the music of Dolly Parton. I wanted to mention her on this episode. And the reason I wanted to mention her is because of a few things, one of which is this amazing news story that came out this past week as we get this good news about various vaccines that are being developed for coronavirus. With regards to the Moderna vaccine, it came out that Dolly Parton made a $1 million donation to Vanderbilt University where research was being done to develop this vaccine. And Moderna had this vaccine come out with 95% uh, effectiveness, which is pretty remarkable. Very remarkable, actually. Yeah. And in an article I read this morning, one of the lead doctors said that her gift initially of a million dollars was instrumental in helping to develop the vaccine. So for that alone, we're grateful to, uh, to Dolly Parton. But also, it just got me thinking about her impact on pop culture. And I just watched a series of YouTube videos from a vlogger I really like, Prince Charming Dev, who went to Dollywood and Pigeon Fork, Tennessee to showcase what's down there. And... Um, it made me realize how much of pop culture Dolly Parton has touched, whether it be music, movies, theme parks, and now um, with this development of the coronavirus vaccine, which is just remarkable. And one of the things I really want for the holidays this year, it's on my Amazon wish list, is the new book that came out uh, for Dolly Parton, which is a collection of stories from her career about, I guess it's about various songs and what yep. inspired her to write songs. One of the things that amazes me, I learned this a couple of years ago, is that in one night, she wrote, I will always love you, Angeline. Think about that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I can't even I can't even write a grocery list in a night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes you about a week to get through the list. <laughs> she um, actually has a Christmas movie coming out, just like we were talking about earlier. Too. Yes, I think Christmas it premiered today. The, I think it premiered today. That's true. It's a Netflix movie, Christmas on the Square. I can't wait to watch it. She's great. I love her. Yes, and she has a new Christmas album, which is a very feel-good album. I listened to it. It has a great duet with Michael Buble, among other tracks. Um, One of my uh, travel goals is to go to Dollywood. Yes, I really, really want to go there. That's become a must-do for me when things get back to more, uh, more of a normal situation. So, um, and, and Joe, I know you're a big Dolly fan. Huge, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my stuff we love tonight. That's great. And Joe, I'm now going to tell our listeners where they can find the Stuff We Love podcast online. We are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, on Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. We can be found stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. Our email is stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, please feel free to subscribe to the show and leave us those good five-star ratings, which makes it easier for others to find the show. And hello to all of our new listeners. We've got a bunch of those recently, and we're very grateful to you for subscribing to the podcast. And check out 
a bunch of our recent episodes. There's a lot of great content there. So what we hope you enjoy. And uh, I, I just would like to take a moment and speaking on behalf of Joe and I to wish all of our listeners a very happy, healthy and safe Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed this episode tonight. And Joe, anything you'd like to say to our, uh, our listeners? Nope. I echo uh, everything you just said and, you know, have a great holiday, holiday season and just enjoy uh, family safely, obviously. And, uh, you know, just don't eat too much. Don't, don't eat too much. <laughs> well, uh, thanks again, everyone. Let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Joe. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.